is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Brant, and I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm Rachel Boston, and I make them. And And this this is the Deck the Hallmark podcast. Yeah, feels right. It feels right. It's a Thursday, which means it's a day that people, I think, like circle on their calendars now. It's Deck the Hallmark Interview Day. It's Deck the Hallmark Interview Day, and it's like the one day of the week where you feel like you're just hanging out with friends, just chatting, And we got a special one today. We We, have the one and only Rachel Boston with us. Rachel Boston, welcome. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm doing good. (laughs) Um, I am Zooming in with you from um, Los Angeles this morning. So it's early in the morning for you. We appreciate you getting up and making time for us. Um, How's how's the quarantine life going? I am trying to just make the most of it. My family is healthy and everyone is safe. So that's, you know, what I'm the most grateful for. Um, And it's interesting. I mean, everything just going on long walks in my neighborhood, getting to have conversations with people that I didn't really know that live just down the street. Like, I feel like there's so, so much kindness that I'm also witnessing. So Mm. that's been, uh, that's been really beautiful to also see. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's the little things right now. That's like the most exciting parts of the day. Like we go for a drive once a day and it's like, you're taking over the world or something. (laughs) You're like, Oh my goodness, this is so exciting. Uh, We're so thankful uh, that you joined us. We just recently um, watched Christmas and Angel Falls uh, for the first time. That's right. Um, we reviewed it on the podcast as a little throwback because we like to do some stuff from the archives. Um, and so I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. We're excited about it. Um, but before we, uh, we, yeah, you do want, do you want to uh, ask? No, no, you're, no okay. I can go though. No, no, no you go. Rachel, you, uh, you're a big fan of our podcast is what you told us anyway. What's your favorite episode? Oh, I've seen, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> this talk show, this, uh, li- I guess it was a live Instagram. Um, I saw that Jen Lilly was doing, um, one for foster care. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's a good one. She, that's a great answer. It's Rachel. a great answer. Hey, it's Rachel, answer. take us back to before your acting, just, uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, how'd you grow up? What got you into acting? Um, I grew up on Signal Mountain, Tennessee. So a little one stoplight town by Chattanooga, uh, correct? Right by Chattanooga, yeah. yes. And um, so I, I started singing in the church choir when I was a kid, and then I had always wanted to move to New York. And that was kind of like at the age of seven, I knew I wanted to be in Manhattan. So when I was 17, I got into NYU, and I was able to graduate high school early um, and take like send in my final exams from Manhattan. So I started performing. Wow. And doing theater there before I started at school. So that was, um, that was my path. And then I got on a show in Los Angeles called American Dreams. And so my mom and I drove out all the way cross country. I remember American Dreams. It was on NBC, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it, it came was. it came on right before Law and Order Criminal Intent. I always would catch the end of American Dreams because I wanted to see <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio interview people. That's mm. what I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. You're in, we're from South Carolina. We're in South Carolina right now. And so you're from a, just a backwoods town in the South. How did mom and dad feel about you going away to New York at 17 years old? Yeah, they were surprisingly very supportive because they knew how much I loved loved performing and 
my mom had taken me up to New York and we had met with a lot of different people and um, they didn't like me, like the idea of me dating, they were very <laughs> conservative with that, but the idea of me going to New York, it seemed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And you don't, uh, last uh, Tennessee question for now, we'll, we can move on, but you don't really seem to have that much of an accent. Is that something that you trained out of yourself for doing, you know, showbiz and, and performing or is just your family never had much of a Southern accent? My family has a very, my mom and dad have very strong Southern accents. Mine just went away once I moved to New York huh. somehow. It started to fade if I look at like old Christmas videos even. When I was a little girl, I sound very country. <laughs> and then it just like slowly faded, could which you, none of us can figure out why. Could you give us a little bit? Could you give us a little bit of just Southern Rachel? Well, I actually, I'm playing a role on SEAL Team right now, and I play a Texas girl. I'm nice. working on this. Um, this new show for CBS that I just love. And I get to, I get to bring that out. So nice. I to, the, I'll wait the for country. that then. <laughs> I like it. You got to watch, you got to watch the SEAL, Seal team. team. Um, yeah. So you're 17 years old. You leave small town, go to the city that never sleeps. What is that like? Was that just a culture shock for you? How long did it take you to kind of, to, to get used to being uh, in the giant city of New York? It was a huge culture shock. I mean, I remember um, just walking down the streets and looking up at all these buildings and recognizing I didn't know one person in any of them. Hmm. Like the overwhelming feeling of like, I have no connections here. <laughs> like, I don't know anyone in any building. Like, how is this going to work? Um, but I, I had a few friends that were like, in, they were in New Jersey that I was able to stay with. And so I would take the PATH train into Manhattan every day. And I, I dropped off headshots and resumes with like a cover letter to every agency I could find an address for. And that's how I learned the city. Wow. <laughs> so wow. I figured out and all of it. Did you, did you land an agent that way? Did it work out? I did. I did. My very first agent called me. And the first thing she said, is I had my little cell number on, or I guess it was a cell phone. Yeah. yeah. I had my cell phone number on it. And um, she called and she said, are you really from a mountain? And I said, yes. And she's like, I would like to meet you. And I came in and I performed for her and uh, she signed me. So that's truly how I started the whole thing. So you said, and like, you make it sound just so easy. You're like, I was 17. I'm in a backwoods. I moved to New York and then I went to Los Angeles and I got this job on American Dreams. Like, was that your first audition? Like, were your first audition, you just American Dreams knocked it out of the park? Or like, how many auditions before you got really, you, like, because we have all these actors on here. I see you laughing already that go, man, if I can book three out of 100, that's great. Like, were you really grinding in New York, just like a lot of auditions, and then American Dreams was your big break? Or was this something that happened pretty early on? Um, I was in New York for two years before American Dreams, and I was going out on auditions constantly and I was doing a lot of theater like I, I didn't really even know if I wanted to I didn't I had not worked in television so I was in a theater company and then I got a play that took me to Pennsylvania this regional production of a Neil Simon play and when I was doing that the director um, and my boyfriend at the time both were very encouraging for me to go to LA they were like you should just just try television see if you like it <laughs> you can always come back to New York if it doesn't right to you. So that was their, their advice. And, um, I'm glad I took it because it, it was, it, it did start a whole life for me out here. 
Did you, um, so you go to NYU, you're learning how to act there. I'm, uh, and I'm imagining that it's a, uh, you're just learning a lot. You feel like you're just drinking from a fire hose. What was some of the things, especially early on that you, you kind of, uh, took away from, from learning how to act in, uh, like at a school, a lot, a lot of people maybe don't go to acting school. They figured out on a flight, but you actually got uh, training for it. So what, what, what are some things that you took away from that, uh, in those times? Um, well, I did leave early because I, I started working while I was while I was there. So I didn't complete like the full conservatory program, which a lot of my friends did. But I um, I think it was a lot like the main takeaway is discipline, of course. Like, I think that's one of the greatest gifts that just diving into scripts. Like I lived in this bookshop when I wasn't even in school and I would just like analyze every play and just try to break down. I just enjoyed it so much. Um, I just wanted to read as much as possible. Um, but I think just taking your own purse, like your life experiences and pouring it into your art. Um, even now in this new chapter we're in, in our universe, like I'm working on a little short film with a Hallmark actor, actually, uh, Benjamin Ayers, who does a lot of the Christmas movies mm-hmm. um, as well. We're, we're doing these little short films that we're filming at home and just taking our own life experience of what we've been going through, dealing with our families and fears that we've been having and just putting that into the work. And I think that's really what I enjoy most about being in this form of the arts. So as you're reading and you're staying and you're analyzing plays, did that kind of awaken for you just a passion for not only acting, but also maybe producing and then directing in the future or writing? Is there any plans or have you already started dabbling in some of that already? Yes, I started. I love coming up with ideas and brainstorming with writers and um, being part of the creation of something that like from the very, very beginning, I find it like just from, it's been remarkably rewarding to me to have a project that I like with last bridesmaid, which is a Hallmark movie I made um, last year. It, when I was at my brother's wedding, people kept coming up to me and asking when I was getting married and I got on the plane and just started cracking up. I'm like, this is a movie. Like this is, this is a rom-com. Like how do we make this into a movie? And so like you get these little seeds of ideas and then the fact that you're standing on a set and you're like, that's where I was sitting on my floor when we pictured this scene and now everybody's here to just bring it to life. That's really exciting. So I do enjoy producing. I haven't directed yet, but I'm going to start shadowing once we can be around people again. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. You've uh, you've done a little bit of everything as yeah. far as uh, genre and uh, and and just different types of uh, entertainment. Is there anything that you've done over the years, like genre wise, where you're like, I don't really want to do that again. Like this this type of thing isn't necessarily my thing. Um, I, I kind of want to do more of this thing. Um, I did a like a thriller. It, it, it was just so intense. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just in a happier chapter in my life and I like telling happy romantic stories. Um, but there was one, it had a powerful message to it, but I was like tied up in handcuffs and it was just intense. I don't think I'd want to do that again. <laughs> like if I saw a script, yeah. it was like, she's handcuffed to the chair. I'd be like, I don't know if that's the, that's <laughs> No, but someone else. <laughs> do, uh, do you have like a really bad audition story? Like one where everything just went just w- horribly wrong and you're like, I can't, you just walked out and you were like, man, this is it. I, I can only go up from here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I am like having to think because there's probably so many that I just, <laughs> um, yes, for sure. I, there's been, there was one, I had just finished a show and I feel like I had just come off a plane and I had studied it and I felt really good about it. And I walked in and I just completely like, it just blank, like it <laughs> was not sticking in my head and they were very patient and I had the pages there, but yes, there's moments like that constantly that like under stress or pressure. Conversely, is there something that like you wanted so bad? Is there a show maybe we had heard of or a movie we may have heard of that you auditioned for? And we hear actors on this show all the time go, I wanted it too bad. Like I fell too in love with the material and I didn't get it because I wanted it too bad. Is there anything like that we may have heard of that you didn't get and you just, you, you're, you either are regretful about it or you just, man, I just, you, I fell too in love with the script and I just never got over it. Um, I mean, I feel like I've, I've gotten pretty good now at surrendering to even when I'm really committed to something and I love it so much. I mean, it happened with SEAL Team even. When I, I had, there were, there were two projects that had come in and when I got that script, I was like, she's from Texas. She's a strong woman. Like it was everything I pictured being part of to start 2020. Like it was, it was such a perfect fit. And I got really excited about that. Um, and that did... It, it did happen, but I feel like I'm getting to a place where it's, if that doesn't, when I get a big disappointment, it's normally because I'm being protected and saved for something else. That's yeah. kind of how I like to look at it now. I love the positivity. Um, let me ask you this. You have like your, your IMDB is just so eclectic and it's just a who's who of every kind of show you were in 500 days of summer, which is one of our favorite, favorite movies of all time around here. Um, you're in seventh heaven for crying out loud. Can you, I, this is a tough question, but if you take Hallmark movies out, what set TV or movies was like your happiest place? Like the happiest set, the set was the biggest family. Like we always interview these actors and they go, Oh, this movie was so great to work on. Cause the set was such a big family. If you had to choose one, like the most memorable or happiest set, not Hallmark, what, what, what comes to your mind? I mean, 500 days of summer, I didn't work on for that long, but that for sure, because it was, um, it was Mark Webb's first film, I mm-hmm. believe. Yep. Um, he had done music videos and it was such a small indie. So there was like a, there was a real family feel to that for sure. And Zoe was on tour during the table reads. So I even played, I, I remember showing up at one of our producers, Steven's house, and um, we did a table read and I played Summer and my character oh. and just to hear it out loud, like it was that casual. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> There was just this really beautiful script. Like I had actually read that script, I think the year before or two years before my manager had sent it to me and she's like, I just love the story. So it took a little bit of time to get it off the ground, but it just, it was such kind people. And then um, Mark Waters, um, who's an amazing director, was a producer on 500 Days of Summer. And then he had worked with two more times and then he cast me in um, Witches of East End, which was a series that also the set on that, like we still are on a big group. Wow. wow. Checking in with each other. Like that cast was very, very close. Um, so I just texted Daniel, um, who played one of my boyfriends, but the brothers, <laughs> he just texted me yesterday on Easter. And it's, it's just, everybody's still very much in contact, which is really, really, really unique. And yeah. a, a true thing to have that still. Which of the shows that you've been on, uh, again, kind of excluding Hallmark have had the most diehard fans or the rabid fans and that you've encountered. Which is a beast end supernatural shows. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. 
Which I love because I think what I finally realized, because when I would go into airports, I would often have these powerful conversations with someone that I didn't know about a way an episode had affected that, their life. And I think it's because Supernatural, it, it's so out there. Like I was having a relationship with a ghost and that's what <laughs> affected someone who wasn't able to let go of something. We've right. all been and, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you fall in love with your ghost ex-boyfriend. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, but I think you can put somebody else's you can take that and put your story behind it. Whatever you've lost in life, whatever you're having trouble letting go of can be that ghost. So it makes it easier. Yeah. I love that. Um, you've had, you know, a couple of shows where you've, uh, you know, been a, a character for, for a, a good amount of episodes, like 20, 30, 57 in American dreams. And then you have a handful of shows where you just play a character one time, one episode. What, what is it? Uh, what's kind of your, what do you do to get in the mindset of just playing a character for one time? How much time do you actually spend committing, figuring out who this character is, uh, where they kind of fit in the universe of this show? What is that like for, for an actor to go in and just say, this is a one-time character, but I'm going to figure out where this person fits. Um, last year, I, I, or the year before, when was that? I worked on the good doctor Mm -hmm. um, and I had an arc, it was such a beautiful story. And that was one that I read and just immediately started crying. So I was clearly connected to it right away. And it was the casting director from Witches of East End. So I knew her. I knew it was a familiar environment that I was walking into. Um, and she put me, it was just the two of us. And she put me on tape and they filmed that in Canada. So she sent the tape to Canada. And it was one, it just hit me. It was a woman that was fighting cancer and was trying to set her husband up with her best friend. So he would, she would feel better about him not having to be alone if I didn't make it. And I just thought the selflessness of her, like I, I just fell in love with her. So just telling her story. Um, and it, we shot it, I think it was eight days. So it is, it's like a short little chapter in your life where you get to bring, and then you know you're not coming back. <laughs> like that's your yeah. story. <laughs> so, um, but that was really, it was a powerful I don't know if I could have played that because it was it was really intense for that much longer. But it was uh, it was really it was nice to walk through Canada, too, because I would have been in these hospital all day when I was filming. I'd be in the fake hospital dealing with life and death. And then I'd get home to the hotel at night and just the gratitude I had. I was like, I can go to dinner like I'm not. <laughs> but oh, my God, like it just awakened me to things that maybe I hadn't been as aware of like the air is touching my hands I can <laughs> <laughs> everything. Yeah. so uh eight days to shoot a 40 minute good doctor episode but you're pretty much in one location or one area the whole time hallmark movies are 15 days feature length film and you've got multiple locations a bunch of locations which do you prefer do you prefer the mad rush like sometimes you get one or two takes or do you prefer that serialized television where you you're really in one location for eight straight days which which would be your preference um i mean i really enjoy like with seal team now what's really fun is we there is we do have a sound stage but then we can shoot because I'm in Texas or to start, we were in Texas. So we were way outside in um, Agora Hills, which is this beautiful area in California, like up in um, just all, it was, all, we were just in the woods, basically. It's like all nature around you. You've got a farmhouse. Um, so you get a little bit of both, which is really nice. And then with the Hallmark movies, it is a different challenge because you have this short period of time and just the more prepared you are, the easier 
I find it is to make those <laughs> that schedule. Um, but it's fun. I mean, everybody knows what you're getting into with it. So you know that you just have to, you have to show up and just hit the ground running. And it's, uh, it really is a fun adventure to make a whole movie in three weeks. Are you someone that that's an extrovert that just like you go, you do this 15 days, you do the week before where you get to know everybody. Then you go straight to SEAL Team 6. You like to constantly stay busy. People don't exhaust you. Or do you finish something like a Hallmark movie and do you just have to take like a break, like a two week, like nobody talk to me? I, I do much better if I take a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. My, um, you know, I started doing something. My brother got his PhD. He's a scientist, so totally different field in Hawaii. Wow. And when I first started doing the Hallmark movies, I remember going to the produ- one of the producers and I was like, what are the chances I could change my flight from Canada to LA from, to Canada to Hawaii? That was the best choice I made. (laughs) So I would go straight from set. And it was funny because that was a Christmas movie. And I had these suitcases. And I always bring a few things for wardrobe just in case because we shoot them so fast, like in case we need it. So I had all these Christmas clothes that I showed up at my brother's place in Hawaii. (laughs) Nothing here. (laughs) So how often do you think you've worn something that's from your own closet on a Hallmark movie? Every time I'll wear something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, it's something. I just bring a suitcase because I have to wear clothes anyway. I'm like, what would be good for the movie is what I think. Because um, I don't have much time outside of that when I'm filming. Wow. So How, uh, I, sorry. Um, no, see a few jackets probably and all throughout. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, they have wardrobe people. I just always bring it. Right. It, Listen, yes. when you when you got good wardrobe, you, you got, got good, good wardrobe. wardrobe. I've nothing you could about your wardrobe yes, for years. Yes, you've been trying to put stuff on me, and I'm like, no, 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 no this no. is good enough. Yeah, this is good enough for me. Yeah, um, red makes you pop. I've red said it makes for years. me pop. You do. Um, so, uh, yeah. For you, in your honor. Yes, yes, it pops. She Uh, was in the pre-show meeting. She was like, red does make brain pop. I'm going to play along. I'm going to wear the red. Um, So you've been doing these Hallmark movies for, uh, I think, what looks like six-ish years. So talk about how you kind of got involved uh, with these movies and how big of a a part of your life and career they've become. Uh, A producer I worked with, Tim Johnson, Um, I did a Christmas movie with... Uh, to start, it was called Christmas Crush. It was actually with Jonathan Bennett. It was my very first Christmas movie. Um, I had just come off a show called In Plain Sight, and I got back to LA and I got offered, like I, I got an offer for it. And it was, I didn't know much about the Christmas movie genre. And as we started filming, I went up to him the first week and I said, can I, this is the happiest experience I've ever had with a story, with a movie. Like everything is joyful there's christmas trees everywhere like can can i do this every year and he just cracked up and he was like yes rachel christmas is every single year <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh so he brought me into hallmark he he brought me another script for the next year and um, it did i i guess really well i think they were happy with it and it that's sort of how it opened up my my journey there but there was something i mean i, I started singing in the Christmas church choir when I was a kid. So they felt something very full circle. I'm like, of course I'm making Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it feels, it felt like a really good fit for me. And it's, it's nice to be part of something, especially right now, the fact that, you know, this is clearly unprecedented, but we're airing Christmas movies in March and April. Mm. The fact that it does bring comfort. There's just a sense of, I think, connection people are looking for right now. And, you know, it's going to be a happy ending. You know, 
there's not anything that's going to, if you're, if you are dealing, watching the news too much, this is, or some, whatever is happening in your universe, it's a place that you can feel a little calmer and safe. We hope. I mean, that's like the goal of making these. I'm ready for the 24 seven, 365 Christmas channel. I'm yeah. ready for it personally. <laughs> yeah. Like let, let what homework drama, get out of here. Let's just do Christmas all year. Let's just let make it happen. Mm. Let's make Christmas all year again. All year for the first, for the first time. time. For the first yeah, time. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. No, you got it. I think yeah. this, the slogan is it's a good is, slogan. You're, you're on point today. Still yeah. on. So you've been working with homework for six years, Rachel. Is that accurate? Since 14, uh, how, how many, uh, how many homework movies have you done? How many have I done? Seven? I, I had eight by my count on IMDb. I was wondering if you could get it right. Eight is correct. I'm go. <laughs> but there, I left one out. Well, Seven or eight. One there was one called, that's not Hallmark called Christmas in Tennessee with our good friend Andrew Walker, but it, that's not Hallmark. It doesn't count, but that's basically the same thing, right? Um, that was, I mean, they're, they are different. It was a, a Christmas movie, but yeah. yes, I think it's eight with Hallmark. Um, I've got two more right now. Hopefully we get to make soon that are in development there. Awesome. So that's been so fun to be able to work. What's out your most Hallmark. memorable or favorite experience making a Hallmark movie? Which movie? The last bridesmaid was really just a magical shoot. It was one that everything came together um, the timing, even down to, it was my birthday when we were filming wow. and the last kiss of the movie was filmed at midnight when my birthday was rolling in. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were all, like it was just kind of this surreal. I'm like, I'm kissing a boy in a movie. It's my birthday. <laughs> like, the whole thing was <laughs> just, um, it was really just a great cast, a great crew. We shot on Vancouver Island. Um, and then the next day, which actually when I was filming on my birthday, like they brought out this beautiful cake and everyone was singing and it was actually at the wedding party. So we could all eat the wedding cake. That was wow. my birthday. <laughs> it was just so much fun. And I'm really proud of how that one turned out because it has that old fashioned romantic comedy feel to it, um, which is what we were going is for. That the, so, is that the first one that you had your hand in from the beginning, like kind of your idea, your pitch? Or have you had that like almost producer? Did you get a producer credit on that? I honestly don't know. Yes, okay. I was um, executive producer on that one. I um, I did come up with with Melissa De La Cruz for Angel Falls. That was one also that I'd always wanted to be part of an angel movie. Uh-huh. I loved Iron Angel. Um, and so a producer that works for Hallmark had talked to me. He was like, I'd like to, to make a film with you. And he sent me a few ideas. And then I wrote him back and just said, I've always wanted to make a movie about angels. Here's some ideas I have. And he got me on the phone and then we got Melissa De La Cruz involved and just started developing a show that, or a, a Christmas movie that changed quite a bit in the development process, but it turned into Angel Falls. Nice. So that was one, that was the first that, you know, I had note cards all over my wall, like just different storylines that completely changed as yeah. we were creating them. But to start out, it was just all these note cards of like, maybe she does this. And then she goes here and she meets this person. And it was, that was the first like they, creation. But they, all the note cards uh, had you and Paul Green dancing in the aisle of a church before the pageant starts, right. correct? <laughs> just, just for a while. Just a good, a good that was the only thing we did. 
I ripped down all the note cards and said, just dance with Paul Green. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you're here so we can clear up a couple of things. Questions that we've really debated behind the scenes about Christmas Angel Falls because anytime you bring angels into it, mm-hmm. there's still there's some questions about logistically yeah. how does the angel thing work? And so I, I do want to know, Angel Gabby, um, had, had she always been an angel and then she and then she was like oh i want love and so she became a person how does the angel thing work is what really what i want to know well it's interesting i love this question because that's like breaking down it is when you deal with the supernatural world it is it trying to make it as grounded and authentic as possible so it's relatable as you're watching it but clearly Bo Bridges, who played Michael, is like vanishing and disappearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have these relationships with people clearly in heaven. <laughs> and um, it, uh, so that, like, when we initially started it, the concept was that Gabby, which it became that she just gets too involved in people's lives. But the initial, like, part of the note cards on my wall were that she just really, she kept messing up in all different areas. And it was like a bad angel that had to redeem herself. Like she just couldn't get it right. Mm. Um, and not that she was a bad, she wasn't any bad angel. She's a very good <laughs> angel, but like just not, not very skilled. At she's her job. bad at being a good angel. She's like a, cl- a, cl- <laughs> yes. a clumsy angel. She's clumsy. She's not good at the angeling. I angel. get it. It's just like, she would be in an angel sitcom that has music with a freeze frame at the What's end. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Okay. <laughs> we don't do bad angels, but we do what happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That's um, exactly what I was thinking right there. Yeah. What? Huh? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I messed it up. But she, uh, I think it's it's an interesting thought. Like, I love, she's a hopeless romantic, clearly. And um, the opening scene where she's just looking at this couple falling in love it is, there's a real innocence to that when you think like this is a woman that's never connected with a man before. She's never felt that. She watches all these people experience it. And yet that, that looks so complex and it is. Um, and she just wants to fix it. Like she's got this pure heart and she just can't figure out why people can't make things work. Why can't they be together um, if they love each other? So there's, it was a, it was a lot of fun to play with that. What do you think happens? I don't to, know if that answered your no, question. No, it does. Oh, it totally it does. does. Yeah. Um, another tricky question. What do you think happens to Gabby when she dies? She's already, uh, you know, she's been an angel. She becomes a human. How old is she? How long is her? These are questions that keep me up when at she, night. When she, how about this? To, to boil it down. Yeah. When, when she starts her life, yes. like let's say after she's done being an angel, she shows up and she's 32 and she lives to be 95 when she dies, does she become an angel again? Or did she forget that she was ever an angel to begin with? These are good questions. You know, we, we've been toying with that because I would love to do another one. I really, really loved making that film. Like, does she remember being an angel? Mm. And that's a great question. Like, I think I like the idea that she does, that like Michael still is going to look after her a little more because she can do work as an angel on earth as a human. I like that concept, but yes, I mean, I guess I think that's what happens. You become an angel again, yeah. but wow. you get to live your, I, I like human. it. But then like another, like if, if she does remember that she was an angel, <laughs> she, she is then faced with the, the dilemma. Do I tell Paul green? 
I was an angel yeah. because that conversation is going to be a should tough be one. filmed. Yeah, for sure. Who knows how that's like? What? It's just a lot of lot of things to think through. Um, I absolutely think I want to shoot that yes. scene. Yes, <laughs> we want you to. Like, something to tell you. Yeah. I was an angel. I don't know how a man, I mean, I don't know if they run. I don't know if they're excited. I don't know what it's like I would do. I'm here for it. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, most men, most men run. Paul Green. Yeah, Paul Green. No, Paul running. Green. Exactly. He's there. He's there. I mean, she's had thousands of years yeah. looking at guys, and she yeah. picked Paul Green. That's Paul exactly. Green. That's valid. What he does, the next date he plans, he plays Shaggy. You're my angel. That's what he does. <laughs> That's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, let me ask. I do feel like Paul Green would embrace it. He's yes. like that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. So, Decorate the house. Yeah, of course. So let me ask you this. You, you played opposite Bo Bridges. Uh, Hallmark, one thing they do incredibly well is they have these seasoned like TV actor veterans who play these father figures who like have a ton of gravitas. And like we got to see like Danica McKellar play opposite uh, Kevin Arnold's dad from the Wonder Years. So you got to play opposite Bo Bridges, and then you got to play opposite Al Borland. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Richard Karn is his name in Check Into Christmas. I, can you just get, like, if you got to pick one to work with again, like, wow. which one did you just find to be, which one was funnier? How about that? I don't want you to say anything bad about anybody. <laughs> oh, they're both so wonderful. It, um, I mean, they're both such unique experiences to themselves. I, I did become very dear friends with the Bridges family. Oh, wow. Um, I, I even go, I've stayed with them twice now. At, they, they live in Kauai a lot of time. They wow. bought a house out there years and years ago. And so Paul, came, uh, Paul Green as well. Um, we both, not at the same time because we didn't do that, but <laughs> we both have gone out and um, stayed and they have this little guest house right on their property. And we just get along so well. It's so much fun. We play guitar at night and Bo and I went snorkeling and it's, wow. it's so much fun. So they've become like a, a, a whole new family. They're just, I, I have so much respect for them and how they live their life. And they're just such genuinely kind hearted people um, that I, that movie brought us together in like a whole, a whole different way wow. too. Yeah. So well, I've snorkeled with Al Borland. I don't I, think so, bro. <laughs> I've snorkeled with Al Borland. <laughs> it's an experience. <laughs> it's an experience to say, uh, to say the least. Um, so you, you mentioned, uh, I don't know how much you can get into it. You got a couple of, uh, movies maybe in the works. Uh, one of them, hopefully a Christmas movie right now, everything's on hold. So what is that like as, as an actor to, to know that there are these things that you've read that you have coming up, but you have no idea when you're actually going to get to do that work. Is it, is it, is it scary as an actor? I mean, we're all, I, I have so much compassion for everyone in our world right now. Cause it's, it's not a unique experience that I'm going through that. You know, I, I just, my heart goes out to everybody that's in this period of not knowing when we're going to be able to be um, back to um, out of quarantine, basically. So, I mean, I've been developing a lot from home. I shot a little short film that's coming out actually today. We're posting it um, this afternoon. So you, we've got a seven minute and 51 second movie for you <laughs> that we made from home. That's, uh, that's really fun. It's it, it, we it, just very timely. Like we were 
both talking about like what kind of story we wanted to tell and like how can we stay creative during this time. So that was something that was really fun to just be able to create. And then I sent in a new um, script that would be like a fall film. And then we're developing a Christmas movie right now too. So, I mean, I have no idea when we'll go back. I'm hopeful that it will be soon, but um, I'm prepared for whatever our, um, I mean, we're surrendering to what's happening right now is the only peaceful approach I know how to take, but it's, um, you know, everybody's still working. I mean, I know, I've talked to a few, several of the executives, everybody's developing content and getting ready to go. So, um, so hopefully we will be able to bring a lot of positivity coming out of this chapter, um, which is always our goal. Yeah, I mean, anything less than forty Christmas movies this holiday Just, season is going to be like a di- it's going to be a disappointment. Like, we're, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have so much time on our hands, so we're going to have to really get those going uh, once we're able to go back to work. <laughs> um, let's 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 wrap things up, boys, with a little rapid fire. Mm, yeah, does that absolutely. sound good to you, uh, Rachel? We're going to each ask you three questions, um, and you have to. They can be about anything, any topic. Any situation, you have to answer them as quickly as possible. And I'm going to start with my good friend Dan. You got, you got this. You got this, Dan. Rachel, what's your favorite romantic comedy of all time? Wow, uh, Love Actually. It's a great choice. Nailed it. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it was so fast. I don't even know if that's true, but it's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, best recent book you've read? Ooh, best recent book I've read. Um, In pieces, Sally Field's book. Mm. Um, what is your, what's your guilty pleasure, uh, source of entertainment? Is it, is it reality TV? What, what is it? Um, I like, uh, through Netflix, I I watch really wacky Will Ferrell movies, but that's not right. But that's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the best food that you miss from Chattanooga, Tennessee or the surrounding area that you really can't find replicated in LA or New York. Ooh, any of my grandma's casseroles. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, best... They don't really do <laughs> No, uh-uh. they don't. They don't, no. Uh, best restaurant you've ever eaten at? Wow. Ooh. Um, I don't honestly go to a lot of restaurants. I'm, I, so I don't know why. I just always, I, that's not, but I, I go to this place called Pache in Laurel Canyon um, that is just the most delicious. I love it there. What is something uh, in the world of acting that you haven't gotten to do yet that you would like to do uh, before uh, before you end your career? A long time from now, of course. But um, I would love to be on a series that has the same heart and spirit that American Dreams did. That's a family mm. where you continue that journey for years and years. Um, I really enjoy getting to grow with a cast and explore character. So that's something that I'm looking forward to being part of the game. Nice. Your dream vacation would be to where? Oh, now can you imagine just getting on a plane? <laughs> right. I'm <laughs> so much. It's just such a different, um, Oh, I mean, I, I do love Hawaii. That's become, like a sacred healing space for me. So I would say just any ocean, just getting to go probably, I'd love to go to Bali. That's a place I haven't been, but I'd also love to go to Ireland. I mean, I, I, um, I went to Ireland years and years ago, but I'd love to do the big drive um, around wow. just to see the cliffs. And so, but yeah, that's just kind of all over the map. I guess there's a lot of <laughs> planning to do. <laughs> 
One thing you're bad at that your friends make fun of you about. Wow. That's a good one. That I'm bad at that my friends make fun of me about. Um, <laughs> um, oh, there's so many things that I feel like <laughs> make fun of me for. Uh, I overthink things a lot. Mm. I feel like that's probably what people give me the hardest time for. They're just like, you've got to not, like, you can let that go. That happened a week ago. I'm, it's totally fine that you forgot to send the email. <laughs> when you <did> <laughs> but I'll like replay something. So I, I think that's the main one. <laughs> last, last question. We're, we're coming out to LA for Christmas con whenever that ends up being, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we've been to LA before though, so we don't want to do any tourist stuff. Um, we want, uh, the Rachel Boston day of fun. So what are the three things that we're doing in LA, not touristy things, but things that we need to do to have a good time in our time in LA? Ooh, well, I'm a nature girl for sure. So I would take you on a few trails. I would take you probably to the Hollywood sign, like just on a hike by the Hollywood sign. So you're, you're still, you're in nature, you're experiencing that side of LA, but you can still see the sign. And then there's these there's horse stable. There's these little stables where you could ride horses. You could do that too. I'd support you if you were like, I'd like to ride a horse. Thank you for your support. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we don't want to do touristy things. I would go out to Malibu, maybe just do like a big, like a Pacific coast highway beach drive. And you could have lunch or dinner, like looking out at the ocean. That's Mm. always really fun. Yeah. Uh, And then you should all come out to dinner with all of the Christmas people because that would be wildly entertaining. Oh, that would yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, good love I love that. Day. I love it. Uh, Rachel, tell everybody about how, how they can uh, follow you on the, on the social media, keep up, watch the short film, all that good stuff. Um, I'm on all of the applications for our modern world. <laughs> come on Instagram. Um, and Twitter, I'm, I'm Rachel Bo- at Rachel Boston, and then Facebook, I'm Rachel Boston official. I feel like Rachel Boston was taken. I, there's another word. I think it's official. Official Rachel. I'm one of those things. Um, and then uh, the short film is going to be uploaded today, and we're going to be promoting on all of our social media platforms, and it'll be on YouTube as well. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Rachel. Uh, you're a champion. It means the world to us. We really appreciate it. And... Yeah, and may we be the first to wish you a A Merry Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam (laughs) podcast presented by Friendly TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthehallmark.com.